Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey everybody, I'm John Cena. Hey, it's professional wrestler Colt Boom Boom Cabana. It's Kyle O'Reilly. Matt Riddle, the King of Rose. Hey, I'm Double J, Jeff Jarrett. I'm Rocky Asuka Romero. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Home of Lou Gowen. Support Wrestle Talk. Whatever Wrestle Talk is, and whoever Lou Gowen is, quote the Raven. Nevermore. Support Wrestle Talk. Do it. Bro. But you really should support Wrestle Talk and you should follow them and subscribe right now. Ollie told me to say this, so I guess it's okay. Support Ollie. Support Luke. Support Wrestle Talk. Make sure you watch and listen to Wrestle Talk. Or better yet, take just a moment, stop what you're doing, and bask in their glory. Do us all a favor and subscribe. Congratulations, you got here. Now subscribe and support. Thanks. Hello and welcome to the Wrestle Ramble podcast. I am Luke Owen and I'm joined by El Fakador Larry Blake. Hi, mate. Hello, mate. How's it going? Good, mate. How are you? Yeah, grand. Thanks. Yeah. What a busy old day you and I have had. I know. We've just done nothing but record, really. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so uh, we are two men down today. Ollie Davis has had the day off. We're recording this on a Friday. I know you're hearing it on a Saturday. But um, Ollie Davis got the day off because of the Clash of Champions live stream we're going to be doing this weekend. And Pete's had the day off because he's gone to see his grandparents mm-hmm. for a lovely little birthday celebration. Because obviously it's always Pete's birthday. Yep. Um, and so it's just me and Laurie here. Mm-hmm. It just also happened that we had to do news, two episodes of Screen Stalker, and uh, the weekend video and the predictions video that went up yesterday. It's it's four o'clock now. It's twenty five to four. We've done. We've been nonstop recording since ten. Yeah. Yeah. I'm tired. I'm quite tired. Yeah. Run out of things to say. Really. Totally run out of things to say. Yeah. I'm, I feel like I'm very very <laughs> sleepy. Also, as well, we recorded the weekend show, which you're mm-hmm. about to hear very soon, and then we recorded the predictions. We did the live stream for it. And now we're recording the podcast intro for that magazine show that we recorded a few hours ago. I've forgotten everything we talked about. It was a lot of mailbag. Lot, oh, yeah, a lot big old mailbag, mailbag this week. Big uh, old mailbag. Um, but this is an interesting one. This comes in from Dave, who says, listen to the podcast at work, and I'm currently in a laughing episode. Listen to the one hour, 17 minutes, and 10 second mark. Someone definitely farted, and I was laughing to the point of tears because of it. I was like, what? What's, what's, what's Dave talking about? So I went back and listened to the episode. It does sound like a fart. Yeah. I think it's the chair. I think it's one of these chairs oh, moving. Yeah. I think it's Ollie because Ollie changes his legs frequently. Throughout yeah. the, he like leans on one of his legs. 
um, and he changes frequently throughout the podcast. So I think it was that. But it, it, it hilariously does sound like a little Trump. <laughs> I think it was a little Trump. So go back to uh, the SmackDown review at the one hour, 17 minute and 10 second mark if you want to hear what sounds like a little bit of a Trump beat. Ollie Davis having a wonder fart. <laughs> wonder fart. Um, we didn't get to this uh, message from the uh, mailbag. Let me just bring it up now. But I wanted to read it out because it was kind of tied into what the podcast has been talking about recently because we've been talking a lot about Bake Off mm-hmm. as, of, as of late. Uh, and Bradley Smith emailed in to say, hey guys, just wanted to give you a little more insight regarding the Great British Baking Show. So last week, Dave, Dave Pete and Ollie were talking about uh, Bake Off mm-hmm. and we, they discovered that in America it's not called the Great British Bake Off, it's called the Great British Baking Show. And they were kind of speculating as to why that might be. And I think they probably came up with a solution. Americans are stupid. And they called it the Great British Baking Show for no reason. Yeah. Well, it turns out Bradley has told us there is a reason. Uh, The name isn't because Americans don't like grammar of Bake Off. Seriously, since when have we cared about grammar? It's because over here, Pillsbury owns a trademark of the name Bake Off and Um. actually has its own, brackets, much less popular, even in the US, contest of the same name, which is the Pillsbury Bake Off. My wife and I discovered Bake Off during a trip to London in 2014 and were both immediately hooked. We survived on finding episodes on YouTube until it finally came to Netflix. That's first season, he puts first in uh, air quotes, brackets, uh, the Bingate one, as a previous lesser writer noted, got us through planning our wedding, which, as I know uh, some of you can attest to being a mighty slog. An episode of Bake Off would be our reward for getting the evening's wedding planning goals accomplished, and I'm mad enough to admit that I shed a tear when the 16-year-old got eliminated. I love Bake Off because even though it's technically a reality show, the people are all basically decent to each other, uh, which is a breath of fresh air on TV at a time when the real world provides more than enough drama and backstabbing on its own. Anyway, love the podcast, something something consistency. It delights me to hear, uh, it delights me no ends to hear that my favourite wrestling fans are going on about the Bake Off. I, yeah, I think the Bake Off is amazing. Such a great uh, show. I do, I would like to see some more villainous characters in there. Uh, <laughs> like a nasty Nick. Yeah, yeah, I'd like to see somebody start turning the temperature up on other people's ovens. The worst, the worst thing you can do. Oh, isn't yeah. it just kicking yeah. it out of their hands where they're really shaking? I love, but I love that. Yeah, the the that's the best bit about Bake Off is the oven bit. I oh yeah, the watching like of ovens. The watching the watching of ovens because it's the only like as all bakers know, it's the only bit where it's like it can just go wrong for no reason. Yeah, like, there's it doesn't. You don't know. Sometimes it just happens. And I've heard as well from people uh, that it is like it, it is a machine of how that show is produced because mm. you've got to be filming everything at all times and if you're on the show you've got to basically just tell the camera person what you're doing at all times and almost shout at them i'm opening up the oven because they have to always get an oven opening shot yeah every single person has to have their oven shots wow and so you've got to announce that you're putting stuff in the oven so i'm opening person, the oven so a camera person can go around there and get that shot wow so back, which makes it like sound like a really stressful environment to be trying to cook in and from all accounts as well it gets very very hot in that tent yeah I need to open the oven. Hurry, hurry up. <laughs> hurry up, it's going to fail. Um, did you watch it this week? I haven't been watching it. Oh, mate, it's been a good series thus far. Yeah, I've been really enjoying I it. F- forgot it was on. Um, but the right person, I'm not going to do the spoiler. Someone actually complained on Patreon that I, I dropped a massive spoiler for the oh, Bake Off on a podcast, which I, I did and then felt very guilty what about. A, what a muffin. What an absolute what mug an absolute I was. Muffin. Um, so I won't do the spoiler here, but the correct person wins. Mm. It was their time. The, the lad who went last week, who looked like a young Dolph Lundgren, he, um, he said at one point, I just haven't had a chance to show what I can really do. 
I was like, mate, you've had six. You've had six goes. Yeah. Like you've you've had six tasks, and you failed all six of them. I think you've had plenty of chances. <laughs> well, <laughs> we weren't making the exact sort of pan chocolate I wanted to make. All right. Yeah. If if the thing you can make is the one thing you can do, then yeah, you didn't get the opportunity yeah, sure, to make yeah. that thing. But you had. I never got to make my Swiss roll. But you had <laughs> plenty of opportunities mm. to make. The my one complaint I've had about Bake Off this season is that because it's the tenth year of Bake Off, it has felt that these aren't people who want to bake. These are people who want to be on Bake Off. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of people going like, oh, I'm so excited for Bread Week. I've all, I love watching Bread Week on previous seasons. Oh, Hollywood's here. Love Hollywood when he does these things. And I'm like, yeah, it's, I know again, it's 10 years is a bit of a celebration, but also you should be here because you want to bake. Yeah, you want to no, turn it into a career. Right? Yeah, not like, because you want to just be on a telly show yeah. that you like. Yeah, because also like, I, I don't, I have no desire to be on Bake Off and I don't have to be excited for bread week because I'm an adult. Every week's bread week in my house. Oh, yeah. I just go and buy bread. I just bread, eat bread. Yeah. Find my wife that's gluten free. Uh, this comes in from Patrick, um, which was. So that about- must be like torture porn for her. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we talk about this later in the show, talking about um, doing couples doing different things while in the same room. Uh, Patrick emails to say, uh, like you, I couldn't watch someone else play a video game. However, I did want to share that this opinion has changed since I had a child a few months ago. Since my wife and I cannot play like we used to, she actually enjoys watching me play and I've seemingly grown more patient watching her. For example, I recently got into Breath of the Wild, a game I specifically hunted down the Switch to play but never did, and she's been really enjoying it. She helps me with the puzzles that I don't care to do, and I help her with the fighting in the story that she doesn't care to do. She's a completionist, and I'm not. So it actually works out really well just thought i'd share patrick from orlando i can't share games <laughs> no i can't do it just, I, you know that you can sit there and watch your girlfriend play breath of the world for a bit no it winds me up <laughs> it makes me really cross it makes me, cross. It makes me, it makes me outlandishly cross <laughs> i'm just sitting there going, why would you do that pick that back up it's go, over there obviously go over there i need to know what's over there Stop bumming around. <laughs> um, well, on that note, let's get into the show. We are asking, should The Fiend win at Hell in a Cell 2019? Here is the show. the topic at hand. Should The Fiend win at WWE Hell in a Cell 2019? So this all began when the building that is hosting um, Hell in a Cell 2019 effectively leaked that Bray Wyatt was going to challenge mm-hmm. Seth or Braun, Rollins or Strowman, for the Universal Championship at the show. Yeah. And they sort of got involved with it and sort of had a bit of a joke about it. And then it was essentially confirmed on TV because the Firefly Funhouse promos that Bray has been cutting have been saying, I'm going after Seth or Braun. Depend- he hasn't said depending on who wins on Sunday, but... The, yeah, you've got to. Think. That's a bit too far, really, for like a fiend, isn't it? It's like depending on who wins on Sunday. Let me just do the full rules and the terms yeah. and conditions. <laughs> a few prequel pros, <laughs> but um, you've got to think that it is for the title because he'd look like a a bloody idiot if he went after the loser of that match. Yes, <laughs> yeah. Mm. I'm going to target the person who isn't the champion. Yeah, that that wouldn't make any sense at all. No, so. We're going to figure that he is going after the title. Mm -hmm. And he's now done two weeks of these promos where he has said, Hell in a Cell, I'm going to be challenging the winner. Let's let's just, for the sake of argument, let's say I'm challenging the winner of the Universal Championship match at Clash of Champions. Mm -hmm. And now WWE themselves have been advertising in two weeks' time. There's a house show in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. Slight spoilers for Clash of Champions, perhaps. 
It is card subject to change after all. It is a house show. But they are advertising The Fiend versus Seth Rollins for the Universal Championship Ooh. at that house show in two weeks' time. So that's very exciting. That, to me, suggests that is the direction we are heading. Right. Of course, it is, could be Bray versus Braun. Should Braun win on Sunday? Personally, I think Seth's winning, but I think Seth's, I think Seth's winning. But that brings us to the question. Should The Fiend win the, the Universal Championship at Hell in a Cell? Uh, if he's in the match, yes. Should the match be happening at all, I think, is more the question. Uh, and I think no. Okay. I don't Lay think, it on me. I don't, I don't think The Fiend has built up enough momentum. Like he's, he's obviously incredibly over, and it's brilliant, and everyone really likes it. And that's fine. And that, you know, usually that is enough to just be like, you should have a title shot. You, everyone really likes it. I feel like they were doing something more with it anyway. Mm-hmm. Like it, it, it was one of those few things in WWE that didn't have to have a title picture inserted into it. There no. didn't have to be a championship to give him motivation. He doesn't have to be like this outside factor pushing him to do stuff. Yeah. He's, he's got things that he's dealing with. And like there was this obvious sort of going through your back catalogue of failures yeah. and trying to rectify the wrongs of the past. And that was what's so brilliant about the Firefly Funhouse stuff, the fact it always fed back into the old Bray Wyatt and The Fiend being the manifestation of his almost like sense of justice. Yeah. Like uh, makes a lot of sense. So making just going hop, skip Universal title because we want to see The Fiend come out with the Universal title is a bit of a waste of the fiend, actually, hmm. because then if it, because then you have to have the fiend lose at some point, and we didn't have to have the fiend lose when he was just going after people from his past and delivering random mandible claws out of nowhere. Like we are now setting up a situation in which he's either going to lose at Hell in a Cell or it's going to be a schmoz, so Rollins retains the belt, or he wins, and then we just build up to someone else beating him. Yeah, and that's kind of disappointing to be like well, we're only like a month and a bit into having The Fiend actually appear on TV. It's four weeks. Exactly. So, we, yeah, we're like, we're only just ha- we've only just seen him have a match and start appearing and, like, after all those months of teasing, I would love to see that play out slower. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think we all sort of thought, we were all speculating, you know, internally and sort of, like, online and stuff, that it was going to be... Bray will beat Finn Balor, or The Fiend will beat Finn Balor at SummerSlam. Mm-hmm. Then we'll build to The Demon coming back... And we'll do the fiend versus demon, yeah. and that's kind of like that's that's your first Bray Wyatt feud there. Maybe he can beat someone I suggested beating Matt Hardy, like on a TV show or at a pay per view yep. or something, tying into that sort of like the you know the past of Bray and the fiend, kind of like you know avenging the past of Bray. Exactly. So I never thought we were going to get to this point this soon. No. If anything, I thought he. I think I'd said I might have said this at SummerSlam on the live stream. I've said it on some show. I thought he'll win the Rumble. And then he'll win the title at WrestleMania. Yeah. Because then we've got a good six months worth of build. And you've got the Royal Rumble in there as well. with The big shock. Oh, my God. The Fiend's in the Royal Rumble. You know, and then he wins the Rumble. He goes on to headline WrestleMania or, you know, headline big air quotes, depending on where the match actually is. Mm-hmm. And then that's when you do the title switch. Yeah. But it looks like, I mean, we're getting it next month. (laughs) It's because it's Hell in a Cell and he's the spookiest one. And that's what I sort of wonder. But I, I will say... I'm going I'm to give WWE some credit here mm. because one of the things I've criticized this company for is not striking while the iron is hot. Yes. They have often had magic in the palm of their hands and they have refused to capitalize upon it. True. And then it loses all steam, it loses all momentum, and that is when they pull the trigger. And then no one cares and they're like, oh, 
Why don't you care anymore? So yeah. well, we cared four months ago. Well, it's definitely, it's, yeah, it's, it's definitely a, a balancing act. But I think The Fiend has the longevity to have done a few more months of build. And, you know, people, people sat through a couple of months of Bray Wyatt Firefly Funhouse promos going, this is the best thing on the, this is the, best thing on the wrestling yeah, show. It's like the, the, man, the man pretending he's doing a children's TV show is the best thing on the wrestling show. And then there was the puppets in the background and yeah. stuff like that. And people were like, oh my God, this is really cool. Loads of, we, so many super chats we yeah. had where people theorizing what the puppets in the background meant. Exactly. And, th- and who he's going to target. And I think, I think there's, so, there's so much you could do with that still. It's like, it's actually clearly got depth to it, this character. Mm. And you could have drawn it out uh, and yeah, like I, I think striking while the iron's hot is obviously a very good idea, but you can just blow your load too quickly as well, well which that, is the yeah. other big issue. And like, yeah, I think you, you, could, you could just put the title on the fiend, and then because it feels like the right time to do it, and suddenly you actually damaged him more because he, like I said, he has to lose it at some point, and that means he's well, probably losing yeah. it by WrestleMania. Yeah. Or, yeah. Whereas if he won it at WrestleMania, he might have another year with it. Like, yeah, it's very true. I mean? Yeah, because you're probably... I mean, it's likely going to be Roman, isn't it? You'll build yeah. up Roman to beat him at WrestleMania. Yeah. Because... Um, yeah, and I, and I do agree with you. Because like, while I will praise them for striking while the iron is hot, and I do think this is a good idea in principle, yeah. there are other factors to this. The idea that we're striking while the iron is hot, he is still a very, very hot character. But that is because WWE have uncharacteristically shown restraint with him. Mm-hmm. They didn't put him out on every show. No. They didn't over-egg the, the replays of it on TV. We've had a couple of Firefly Funhouses. He came out and attacked Jerry Lawler. And even actually, in the power of with the power of hindsight, I wouldn't have done that. No. Wouldn't have done the Jerry Lawler attack. It did nothing for him. If it had come three weeks before SummerSlam, maybe. But coming out the week after SummerSlam didn't really make a whole mess of sense. Mm-hmm. And I don't think it's really done anything for him. So actually, I'd have kept even less of him yeah. like on TV. So you've been keeping him so, so special. So special in the fact that you advertised him for Madison Square Garden in a dark show segment. Yeah. Like in a dark match segment. I mean, like, by the way, if you buy your ticket and you stick around, if you somehow manage to stay awake during 205 <laughs> Live... <laughs> oh, God, yeah. Oh, flip. Oh, it's Kushida. <laughs> um, that's WWE's mindset, not ours. I just want to clarify that. Um, that you'll get to see The Fiends live in action. Yeah. And even, like, this advertisement for the Alberta show feels like... It's a special attraction. Mm-hmm. So they are still keeping it's like him the carnival hot. vibe. Yeah. Thing of like, you know, roll up, roll up, see this freak. So they, and they've managed to keep him hot by showing restraint. Yeah. And you could have continued showing that restraint through to WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. With that Royal Rumble appearance, maybe. And then you build up the big WrestleMania match. Oh my God, The Fiend is going for the biggest title in the company. Yeah, I think because you, you could have done the storyline. Like, if you were going to go back and you're going to wipe out your mistakes, you do Randy Orton. Matt Hardy, Finn Balor, you go through the old Wyatt. Dean Ambrose. You go, way, yeah. You, yeah, you go through the Wyatt family yeah. and then you build up to the Shield. Yeah. Like, and that you, you pick, what is Bray Wyatt's biggest failure? You pick that, you position that person as the universal champion, give them a bit of a run mm-hmm. and then build to the marquee match where the Fiend goes, I've got one bit of unfinished business. Yeah. Unfortunately, it also gets me a title. Yeah. You know, like. But as it stands... We are looking like we're going to get this next month instead. Mm-hmm. So we can kind of sit here and, you know, backseat quarterback, or quarterback, whatever they call it, yeah. Sunday morning quarterback, what have you, Monday morning quarterback, whatever. Uh, we could sit here and we could speculate and we could say they probably could have done this, they could have done that. As it stands, we're looking to get it next month. Yep. So should he win next month? 
Yes, but no. <laughs> like, yeah, like uh, if he's in the match, absolutely. Like, if he if if he is booked to have the universal title match, the only way to maintain his momentum, I think, is to have him win, and that would be great. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that there's there's so much there's a lot you could do with him as champion, but I think it does put him on the downward slope rather than the upward climb, and the upward climb is always much more exciting. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, I think if he's in the match, though. He has to win to maintain any mystique about the character. You can't just you can't Bray Wyatt Bray Wyatt again. Like you know what I mean? That's the, that's the problem. Yeah, I like that we're using that as a verb. Yeah, you can't Bray Wyatt. Bray can't Bray Wyatt. Bray Wyatt this. I mean, for my money, yeah, he has to win. If this is the Universal Championship match we're having at Hell in a Cell, if it is the Fiend versus Seth, even if it's the Fiend versus Braun, he has to win. Mm-hmm. There's no sense in beating the Fiend in only his second match. Yeah. There's even less sense in doing a schmoz finish where it's a DQ or the fiend gets DQ'd for kicking too much ass. Like the referee calls for a stoppage and be like, no, 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 you're too dangerous. He scared me. Yeah, he did did a scare on me and now I've got to call the match off. Or you do what they did last year, Hell in a Cell, where the Brock Lesnar caused a DQ or a no contest inside a Hell in a Bloody Cell match. Oh, yeah. You don't want to do anything like that. I actually think that's possibly worse maybe being him is worse either way those are terrible terrible outcomes yeah. and none, neither of them are satisfying the only satisfying conclusion is that bray wins you carry on that momentum the crowd is super into him you are striking while the iron is hot so there are a lot of net positives from that mm-hmm. the question then comes around is what do you do with him afterwards because you've been keeping him off t- you've been oh, keeping wow. him off tv yeah. like if you to give him the title i mean you want to put him on tv every week do you want to put firefly funhouses on every single week do you have him wrestle matches on TV? Do you just save him for pay-per-views? What we maybe don't want is another Brock Lesnar situation. Yeah. I think you, I think you would start doing a... I would do the program of that he's so terrifying and so dominant in terms of just like appearing and attacking people that nobody actually wants to step up and face him. Mm. And then you do the story of someone rising through the ranks yeah. to be brave enough to get in the ring with the Fiend. That's cool, yeah, yeah. And then they probably lose. Yeah. Like, I would still have them lose. Yeah. But it would be like, it would almost be like, you could do it with a couple of foolish heels, first of all, being like, well, I'm obviously going to be good enough to take him down. Yeah. Like I'm, AJ with the club. Yeah, AJ yeah. would be great. Like, give him a, a few big, strong wins like that. And then the plucky baby face... Maybe the Chad Gable, like you know, like someone, someone Cedric Alexander, someone, who, yeah, someone who doesn't seem like the person, mm-hmm. and they rise up and they finally topple the fiend, and you've made a big star out of the fiend finally losing. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a really interesting time. It's a very interesting sort of prospect mm. that this character, who you know, granted, has been debuting since WrestleMania, but made his debut at SummerSlam could be winning the title two months later he's not even at clash of champions like, yeah. yeah he's not on the card he's probably going to make an appearance in some capacity but he could be our universal champion come next month as we head in towards the fox era of wwe i mean and, and, cool. and stick on raw which i think is cool hard to tell the stories with him though like really hard to like build a feud because he's but it kind of makes me excited he doesn't, he doesn't yeah i mean it's it's, it's, it's gonna, exciting to see what they could possibly do i bet he's got ideas like that's oh the yeah, thing. yeah. Like, the thing bray white i think has proven with the fiend is that he's got limitless ideas in terms of like spooky stuff you can do that you, hopefully they don't push it too far yeah and do the maggots <laughs> well yeah quite projecting maggots uh, 
Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. This is Paige, the co host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving Olive in June. Olive in June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. And if you want to submit a question to the mailbag, all you've got to do is become one of our awesome pledgehammers on Patreon. You click the link in the video description below to do that, and then leave a comment in the community tab, labeled mailbag or something along those lines. Make sure we say, do not email me. I will just lose it. <laughs> I will lose I it. I will lose it. I'm very bad at my job. <laughs> uh, we have got a backlog once again of these mailbag questions, so we're going to try and get through as many of these as possible. But mm-hmm. to peel back the curtain ever so slightly, we are recording this before we go live at three on a Friday to do our Clash of Champions predictions. So we actually are on a strict time limit today. (laughs) But we're going to try and get through as many of these questions as we possibly can. So first up, Chris Thorne says, Hi guys, hope you're doing well. After Adam Cole's promo at NXT, talking about how he would be on the Mount Rushmore four times if there was a Mount Rushmore of wrestling, I got really worried. Could this be the start of Cole professing that he is the only person in the Undisputed Era that can actually win? Which then puts him in a storyline where he's effectively kicked out of the group. Ooh. I... Like we said on the NXT Ramble this week, I think the Undisputed Era having their prophecy moment. Mm. Like we, we said, there's probably something they're going to do on the first show or at least the AEW show. Yeah. The one that goes up against AEW, which feels to me wrong because it's a it's a storyline that you need to build people into. And you don't want to start with one dominant faction because that just builds one faction. Yeah. But then, yeah, once you've done that, they all come together. Then you can work on Cole being the egomaniac, getting him kicked out of the group. Mm -hmm. Because that's definitely something they were trying to do with the Roddy storyline before they dropped that 
like it was yeah. a hot potato. Like, <laughs> yeah. Oh, actually, no, we're going to keep them together. <laughs> yeah. We don't have enough people. <laughs> uh, Chris Donald also asks, uh, what happened to Screen Grapple? I've missed it a lot in the last few weeks. I assumed it was because Laurie was away, but now he's back. It hasn't returned. Simon is away. Uh, we <laughs> decided to uh, park it for a little while because we had too much stuff on, basically. Mm. So we've yeah. been, because there's been so many pay per views and shows, and everyone's out of the office, and there's not enough time to edit it and film it, and scheduling's all changing. So once we set the schedule for uh, wrestling going forward, once we hit the October streak, yep. I'm sure we'll be able to get Screen Grapple up and running again when Simon returns. Indeed. Uh, also, thank you to Mr. Fretz for all of your chopper catchphrase uh, suggestions. I particularly like uh, Big Chopper Pump. Although I'm going oh, to suggest that to pump. Big Chopper Chump. Um, <laughs> Liam Wales says, Hello, Ollie, Luke, El Fagador, Chopper Pete, but definitely not he who should not be named. As we've seen a resurgence of the two out of three four stipulation in both main roster WWE and NXT recently, are there any match stipulations of old that you guys would like to see WWE or NXT bring back? And that's who he suggests our first blood matches and inferno matches, but also the championship scramble. I never liked the championship no. scramble. Buff Bagwell's mum on a pole. There we go. That's what I want. Yeah. Uh, the kennel from hell. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, casket match. Casket matches are good. Yeah, there's a lot of good fun with that. Yeah. You need to, I mean, I was about to say you need a spooky character, but there you go. There's the fiends. There's your man. There's your man for that one. Yeah. <laughs> um, I can't think of any, like, uh, sort of as a serious answer. There'll be a, there'll this. be a Firefly Funhouse match Ooh, at some God, point, won't there? Yeah. And it will just be the uh, House of Horrors match again, yeah. which Randy Orton will be so keen for. You know we what? put people through that. <laughs> I I mean, quite ironically, loved that match because it was proper pants. It was pants. But I, I was like, it's a lot of fun, though, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, it was. I feel like that was the reason why when Matt Hardy came back, they went well. Obviously, you two go into a feud and then into a tag team because it was just like, well, the House of Horrors was clearly just. Yeah. Lake of Reincarnation, Final Deletion. Nonsense. Oh, totally, yeah. Like, well, they did that, uh, I think it was the Wyatt's versus New Day at the Wyatt Compound, which was effectively like, well, we can't do Final Deletion videos, but the boys seem to like them, so we'll just do one of them on TV. <laughs> and everyone was like, well, that's a cheap knockoff. Oh, yeah. Um, we've got a question here from Will Haight, who says, Hello, Luke and Ollie. Brackets, I'm going to guess. I'm going to add, and Laurie. Um, you may have answered my mailbag question before earlier this month, but I may have missed it, but here it is. Uh, I believe Brock Lesnar technically never lost the IWGP Heavyweight Championship back in the day. Do you think it would be an intriguing storyline if he went to NJPW and challenged Okada for the title? Uh, yes, it's true that Brock Lesnar did technically never lose it. I believe that's because he just refused to lose it. <laughs> and Well, bearing in mind as so well... That him going back and asking for it, and they might be like... Mm. No, you're more trouble than you're worth. Yeah, bear in mind, it was a very complicated scenario as well because Brock Lesnar wasn't meant to have done any of those New Japan matches. He was still technically under contract to WWE and he wasn't allowed to do it. And then it became a big whole ordeal. So maybe, I mean, I would could certainly go for Brock Lesnar back in New Japan. Mm. I mean, he might try. Yeah. That'd be interesting. Uh, Shia has got a couple of questions here who said, uh, would you ever have a wrestler on the Wrestle Ramble podcast like Will Ospreay because of your partnership with Frontline Wrestling? Yeah, yeah I'd, say, yeah. I'd say so. Yeah. Um, may we ever see a wrestle ramble on Patreon uh, of past movies and you guys dive into that like you do for the wrestling shows? Well, we could do. Could do for Screen Stalker. Yeah, the Screen Stalker Patreon is up in the air at the moment. Yeah, it's very much uh, up it's, in the it's, air. It's, it's on the list of things to do. <laughs> it's uh, a big old list. Oh, it's a big old list. Yeah, yeah. Um, Maybe after we get to 50,000 subs, subscribe. Uh, yeah, I like the idea of doing deep dives into movies. Probably not on the Wrestle Talk channel, though. Um, and for your end of year videos, will you do a top 10 pay per view of the years? 
which I think is quite a nice idea, actually, because we always do matches and we do our top 10 wrestlers. I think doing a top 10 pay-per-view would be quite good. Harder to go back and remember. Yeah. Or do the what I've been doing for the matches, which is rewatching the matches. Yeah. I don't want to rewatch 10 pay-per-views. Although, to be honest... I, I, I don't have a spare... Th- 50 hours Luke what I found in my three years I've had on this Rust Talk channel doing a top 10 list is actually the worst thing you can possibly do because no one will agree with you and everyone just gets super super angry Ollie just this Ollie will only list things from Japan <laughs> he will only list that, things but that, that angers people because you're not listing wrestlers that they've heard of or matches that they've seen yeah. but then if you only do WWE matches the other side of the coin will then go well what there's all these great matches in well, New now, Japan and you now know, we have to strike a balance between that and AEW yeah, yeah exactly it's, so it's, 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 it's a catch 22 it's a catch and I, that yeah. Joseph Heller he was right <laughs> Lauren Catherine says, Hello all, when my boyfriend and I eventually get married, bracket, shout out to Chris, who will definitely be listening to this, we want our wedding party to be announced by the DJ using wrestler entrance themes and accompanying wrestler poses. In your opinion, what would be the best entrances to use that will make the crowd of non-wrestling fans have fun? We got into wrestling about three years ago and watched WWE, New Japan and AEW, so any of those wrestlers or tag teams and their entrances are fair game. Oh, I mean, the fiend, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, holding your own head in a veil. <laughs> a land- <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I was going to say taker as well. Like, because yeah. you can really take your time and like yeah. coming in. But you should do that on the aisle. I think. I was going to say, yeah, yeah you should do that, get to the end, lift up the veil, and. It's good when uh, when me and my wife got married. Mm. Uh, so she walked down to the uh, walked down the aisle. I said, we need to walk down to the ring. Then she walked down. The she aisle. came down to the ring, making her way to the ring. <laughs> Um, to um, uh, oh man, falling in love with you by uh, Elvis Presley, mm-hmm. and um, and she, we were doing like the test run the day before, and she was sort of like moving in time with the song because it's a very nice song. You know, you want to have the can't help falling in love with you. Mm-hmm. You know, niceness to it. The wedding venue person was like, "You have to walk faster. The registrar will just walk out if you are any slower than this." <laughs> And so I'm not sure you can get away with doing The Undertaker because... I can't help falling in love with you. Yeah. Um, Double time, boys. <laughs> I'm going to say Shinsuke Nakamura. Oh, Nakamura would be good. Balor. That's a fun one. Balor. Oh, Balor getting everyone to do the arm pose. Yeah, that's a good show. Yeah. Uh, Chris Thorne says, Hi all, I hope you're doing well. Uh, this one got lost in the SummerSlam mayhem. Uh, what's your favourite wrestling joke? Quite proud of this one. What's Vince McMahon's favourite way to get paid? Through PayPal. <laughs> that's good. Do you have any wrestling jokes? I don't know any wrestling jokes. I don't know any wrestling jokes either. No. I'm afraid I cannot answer that question. No. Uh, Iracle. The diarrhea one was good. (laughs) <laughs> Again, but I can't take credit for that. Yeah, it's, a, know, yeah. it's a Jason Manzuka's joke. Um, says, hello everyone at Rust Talk, even Randy Andy Datsun. As Tony Khan said, AEW will provide healthcare for their wrestlers, unlike WWE, because they've signed their performance as independent contractors. Do you think more people uh, would prefer to go to AEW for this reason? Yes. Yes. I mean, it's the same reason why a lot of people sign with NXT UK, because it's it's like a, a steady paycheck and there is there are benefits to that sort of stuff it's like everyone wants benefits from their work don't they mm. like you know yeah. the the uk talent signed up to wwe in the uk for like the benefit of being knowing that you're going to get paid every month people are going to go from wwe to AEW because it's like well not only do i get paid every month but they also okay. sort out my medical which is i imagine a massive deal when yeah. your job is falling down I'd be very interested. When your job is hurting yourself, medical's a really big deal, I think. I'd be really interested to know as well if AEW will be paying for travel. Mm. 
Because I think that's actually one of the biggest issues with WWE and the way that they treat their wrestlers is they do not pay for them to travel. Mm. And so Bailey did an interview, I think it was with Fox or someone related with Fox, where she was talking about stories about how like sometimes you'll get into the middle of the road and you're worried that you're going to run out of petrol and be stuck. And the woman interviewing her was aghast that she was paying for her own travel. She's like, wait, you don't get... People don't just like they don't arrange a, a bus to take you to the next place because no no we all travel on our like we travel on our own like we you know we buddy up in a car and, and go together and she's yeah. like why yeah and then Bailey had the dreadful answer of like well there's a it's very difficult to organize thirty people traveling I was like there's a bus well, there are yeah, it's <laughs> not it's not difficult to organize thirty people traveling if all those people are already in the same room <laughs> you just go get on the bus there there's is a, a bus, bus here and if get on the bus and if there's more than thirty people you get two buses yeah, well, yeah but then that's the thing like, and then you just say to anyone who doesn't want to leave at the time you're leaving yeah make your own make way, your own way that's fine yeah like, totally. I think most people would take that as like that's cool yeah but I don't know why wouldn't you why wouldn't you book flights or transport? So stupid. Because you need them to be where they yeah. need to be. Like you need them, your television program. Yeah, is built around these people it's being like, there. Yeah, <laughs> outrageous. It is ludicrous. Uh, Aaron Watson says, "Good morning, Luke. I was listening to this weekend's uh, Wrestle Ramble, and you and Laurie uh, were talking about um, not doing a weekend show because of pay per views. And I think I might have a solution. Instead of doing a weekend ramble because you have such a backlog of crap gimmicks, why not do a full ramble on just?" Crap gimmick wrestling for pay-per-view weekends. It will help with the backlog. You don't have to worry about skipping them for the other weeks. Keep up all the great work. Well, crap gimmick wrestling, A, the way YouTube works is you need to have a good title and thumbnail, and that is not a title or thumbnail that people are going to click on. Also, I don't think enough people care about crap gimmicks to do a whole video on it. Mm-hmm. It's too niche a product. Uh, Lorenzo Haynes posted a very, very lengthy um, rant about Alexa Bliss. Not a fan of, uh, of Little Miss Bliss was no. Lorenzo. No, I won't go into it here because there was no question at the end of it. It literally was just a tirade of, I do not like her. <laughs> I um, like her. but I do as well. I think she unfortunately has had terrible character work this year. I don't think her flip-flopping between Babyface and Heel has really helped that. She, yeah, and she her storyline with Nikki Cross is absolute garbage. Well, she's, yeah, and the, problem, and the problem is they obviously, they think she's a big deal. Uh because she is like she's a good face to put on posters. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. she she's a good ambassador for the women's division. However, they don't have anything for her to do, so they just give her nonsense to do. But yeah. they want her to appear on the shows because she's Alexa Bliss. Yeah, exactly. So they need to work out the reasons why they need to use her and what they need to use her for. That's exactly it. Yeah, I think I think she can be very very good. It's just she's had a terrible 2019. What do you mean? The coffee thing was genius. Oh, God, yeah. My gimmick is coffee. <laughs> Gigi Baxter says, uh, depending on when this uh, gets read out, looking forward to seeing you guys at Royal Quest. Or, it was great to see you at Royal Quest. <laughs> so, there you go. It was also great to see you. And again, I apologize that I kept getting your name wrong in um, various videos. Uh, I always thought it was CG Baxter. Because I always read it on Twitter as CG. Anyway, on to your question. Unfortunately, The Fiend will eventually have to lose a match. I'd say he should never tap, but he will lose. However, when he does lose, I'd love it to be after he retires Taker. Then, in a little nod, when he does lose, he sits up when the opponent is on the ramp. Lights go off laughing. Uh, lights go on, and he's gone. Uh, would be uh, some way to protect the losses. Similar to KO getting the stunner, which uh, up-and-coming stars would you like to put the move on a character trait of a legend or Hall of Famer? Riddle gets the Goldberg entrance, perhaps. Riddle starts using the jackhammer. Yeah. Yeah, the bro uh, hammer. I think the I think Undertaker on Fiend is good. Like this, I mean, it's, he's clearly that's clearly what they wanted for him anyway. Like mm. the I feel like the whole entrance for the Fiend, like my argument about not having an entrance, 
But I think the whole entrance for The Fiend was the idea to try to force a new Undertaker into existence yeah. when Undertaker is a product of a very different time of wrestling that's almost a legacy thing. Mm-hmm. And I feel like if you watch The Undertaker now and you go to a new wrestling fan, you go, yeah, so that guy, he's he's an Undertaker. He's um, But he's also dead. He's an undead mortician. He's, he's, yeah, so he's... He he put, he does graves, but he's also from the grave. Love souls. Uh, he, he, he eats souls. Um, he's also like fifty something. Like he's yeah. he's real old. One hundred and fifty. Yeah, yeah. And so uh, yeah, we love that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, for me, I I think the stunner on Kevin Owens getting over is an anomaly. Yeah, I think it is. Yeah, the the case of usually when you give someone a wrestler an older wrestler's gimmick, it has never worked. No. The case I always go to is Ted DiBiase. Ted DiBiase was doing fine until they made him the new million dollar man, and it completely failed, and that just completely tanked the rest of his run. Mm-hmm. So I think the yeah the, the stunner on KO is very much a an anomaly as opposed. To, I, I much prefer wrestlers to come up with their own new things. Yeah, I hope I hope KO drops it when the Shame at Man thing is done and dusted. I hope yeah. that it's like it's just a, this is the, this is because obviously the stunner is the the secret weapon to kill a McMahon, mm-hmm. so that's why he would use <laughs> yeah. it. It's like silver bullets for a werewolf. It's I that like sort it. Of yeah, thing. but yeah, drop it once you're done with it and go back to the proper power bomb, please. Ryan B. Bad says, um, with the ad for the Fiend in the Hell in a Cell match against either Braun or Seth, uh, I didn't see it being called a title match. Do you think this is how a, uh, a Fiend and Braun feud starts with Fiend attacking him and costing Braun the title match? Ooh, maybe. I don't know. I think Fiend should take down Braun as like mm. a statement piece of yeah. like, oh, yeah, I'm the bigger monster. Now. Ryan's got a good point, you know, as well. We mentioned at the start of this, it's never been explicitly said this is for the title. I do think it would it does make someone look rather silly that they do not go for the title, but especially yeah. if you've already targeted both of them. I guess I guess if he costs if he costs Braun the championship at Clash of Champions, Braun could ask for the fiend at Hell in a Cell. Mm. And then you have that match in the in the cell as yeah. like a showcase match rather than a title match. So the fiend is forced into this match by Braun asking for it. And then the fiend wins and gets the, the rub off that. Could you do you think WWE will want to give Braun that sort of loss? I think to the fiend, maybe. I mean, this is the thing; it's a bit of a catch twenty two, isn't it? Yeah. Because if you put him in, like, if you insert him into this picture where it's Braun Strowman and Seth Rollins, I feel like the fiend is the newer character comes out a yeah. little bit on the weak side of like, well, where does he fit into the hierarchy of who you want to win? Yeah, exactly. You know, especially with especially with all the changes coming up like you need to definitely establish who your stars are now yeah Connor Kiran said who will be the first woman showcased in the NXT crowd as the next big star to watch out for as heading to NXT uh, they've done this before it was with Kana they did it with Asuka was in the crowd to hype that she was coming into the company mm-hmm. uh, who the next woman uh, we'll rephrase the question slightly oh it's a good one because they haven't really signed anyone big like there's no. no real big name that they could say like i mean you could have said session moth before she'd signed with roh mm. if, if she had done an nxt uk deal i don't think she would have got a big but that's it yeah i can't see even her with the name that she has being a like if they signed jordan grace maybe they could go with that yeah. but they yeah got tessa blanchard or something yeah tessa's right? a great shout yeah like it would, it would have to be someone of that caliber though i think it would end up being somebody who's already featured in the May young classic most likely mm. like that's i think that's kind of yeah where we're looking Connor Going says, just watch the All Out Predictions video, and Laurie briefly touched upon this point, but I'd like you to elaborate further. Uh, much like you all said, I totally get the appeal of having Jericho as your first champion. So this was left before All Out, mm-hmm. uh, obviously, but the, the point still stands. Um, 
I totally get the appeal of having Jericho as your first world champ to help bring in the lapsed fans and media attention. However, wasn't part of AEW's mission objective uh, to an attempt uh, to distinguish themselves from the bad creative and business habits of certain predecessors by showcasing pushing younger talent rather than featuring older and former WWE talent as their top stars, WCW, TNA, etc. Maybe they feel the gain from Jericho as first champ outweighs this point, but seems to slightly go against what they wish to represent going forward. Would love to hear your thoughts. Cheers. It's, yeah, I think that's the thing. I think as long as the Jericho thing lasts as long as the first feud, and then you get the big win mm-hmm. off someone within a couple of months of the, the actual show going live. Yeah. Jericho is the big draw to bring people in on day one because he's the name. And then you've obviously got all the wrestling fans who know who the elite are, but you've got lapsed wrestling fans to get Jer- like Jericho will bring them in. Jim Ross said it as well. It's like, you know, people saying that Jericho's too old to be the champion. He's like, but he's got the name recognition. He's also yeah. got his own fans from the music side of things that he can go, well, I'm doing this live TV show thing, so why don't you come and watch me do that? Totally, yeah. Because there must be fans of Fozzie who aren't fans of wrestling. I mean, I'm sure there are also fans of Fozzie who don't know what actual music is, which is why they're fans of Fozzie. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> huh? What's that? <laughs> that's I, why it's digging in at the But Fozzie. yeah, I, th- I think it, it needs to, like, their, and also their choice to say we want to bring up young stars and stuff. I'm sure they're also getting pushback from the channel saying... No, 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 no. Like, name, you have yeah. to sign some of these names because yeah. we need them. It's, I'd also say the, the younger talent objective feels like it's a long-term vision. And AEW is a long-term vision. That's why yeah. they've signed so many younger stars. Like They, don't look, they look at Darby Allen as he's a long-term project. Yeah. Having in like a Jimmy Havoc, it's a long-term project. Joe Jennett's a long-term project. You're not just going to push them straight to them. MJF you know, it's a great long-term project. Yeah, yeah. You're not going to push them straight away. So you... By bringing in Jericho and having Jericho as your champ and kind of establishing that, I do get the point, and a few other people mentioned this in the uh, the mailbags, so that it's, you know, it's perhaps counterintuitive. And like Jericho himself, when he laughed that Lesnar was Universal Champion, that, you know, young up-and-comer, although yeah. that was very much a heel tweet, uh, an in-character heel tweet. Um, so I do get that argument, but I do think that it's a long-term... Like, if Jericho is champion in a year's time, that is when I would, I would start to question it. Or if he's champion, like, or, you know, if he becomes a multiple-time champion with them, then maybe you could possibly have that argument. But I think certainly in establishing that, the brand yeah. to a wider audience, I think it's a smart business move. And they've, they've, had, they've had success by bringing in people like Jericho and uh, Awesome Kong and any like going through the back catalogues of wrestling and digging mm-hmm. people out and having them come out and do surprise appearances has worked for them. So why wouldn't you pepper people throughout? Like, don't have your whole roster be old timers well and that's the key to it as well it's like wcw is a classic example of that yeah. just elittered their whole division their whole company with ex wwe stars who were old you know it was always hogan piper you know flair's an old wcw guy mm. savage nash hall all these old guys were always on top forever yeah and then when a guy like goldberg did break through and he did become champion hogan was there to be like no but i'm still the main event i've got to tag with jay leno or you know or, you know i've got to go yeah, up against yeah, jay yeah, leno yeah. and all this or diamond dallas page got to tag with him so it, it is a case of you can't have loads. If you had all Jerichos yeah, yeah. as your main event, that's when it becomes a real problem. And TNA suffered from this as well. You can have one, you can have one Jericho on top Hogan going, it, everyone else here is a joke. I'm the only, like, I'm the only proven yeah. wrestler in this company. Yeah. And that rallies the whole roster against him, puts him on that, puts the audience behind everyone else to topple Jericho yeah. as well. Like, 
It's, I think it's smart. Yeah. I th- I've been a champion they- in WWE. I've been a champion in WCW. I've been a champion in New Japan. I've been a champion here. Like, it, it just sets him apart from everyone else. Yeah. And from, he can, from and, a heel and, perspective. And, and, and yeah, and he can completely play that up and uh, look down on all the up-and-comers until one of them rises up and beats him. And then that person gets the shine mm-hmm. of having beaten Jericho. Yeah. I think, and particularly for Page as well. I thought the, the promos that Page was cutting in the Road to All Out were really, really great where he's like, no, it's very important for me to win this match. Yeah. I need to win this match to prove a point that it, you don't have to have that name recognition in order to lead a company. So he's got a lot of character drive now in order to beat Jericho down exactly. the line. Yeah. Uh, Lorenzo Haynes uh, said, can you give me some advice on how I should tag my YouTube videos to get them seen? I don't get a lot of views on my wrestling related videos. I don't think tags mean as much as they once did. Mm. To be honest, at this point with YouTube, I don't know what gets your video seen anymore. No. No. It's a minefield, basically. Yeah. It's luck. Yeah. I think in some cases it really is. Like some of our videos do very well because they get featured in places and then other videos don't because they don't get featured in places. Mm -hmm. Even if they have the right tags or the right titles and... I mean, putting WWE in the title and the tag yep. early is good. In Terror Banks. Um, Anthony James says, do you think the UK wrestling fans will be drawn towards AEW when it goes live more than NXT because we can actually watch AEW live on ITV4? Maybe. I don't know how many people, how many UK wrestling fans watch wrestling live as it is. Maybe it's because I'm old. Yeah. But I don't think I'd want to stay up until 4 a.m. to watch a TV show. No, not on a weeknight. No, not on a weeknight. It's a school night, man. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely not. I've got to be up at 6. Yeah, I, I mean, access to it is easy. Yes. That's, I think that's the key. And, that's it, yeah. Uh, if it's repeated, then that's good. Like, Yeah, if you get that sort of like you know, the week, uh, the weekend sort of early morning repeat. Yeah, you, yeah. Want, you want to catch people when they're just bumbling about, surely. Like, totally, yeah. Or put it, yeah, because if you're not going to put it on at a time where it's like appointment to view, I'm going to sit down in the evening and watch my two hours of wrestling, mm-hmm. then it needs to just be on when someone, that's like, a good, is, yeah, when the... some, we'll catch somebody. Totally, yeah. And actually, still, we don't know if it's going to be on ITV4. We've all just presumed. Yeah. But there's no official announcement Which yet. Which is definitely how I ended up watching, like, SmackDown and stuff back in the day. Like, you catch it just in the morning on Sky, wouldn't you? Yeah. Like, on a Saturday or something, and be like, oh, okay, I'll, I'll watch the WWE now. Chopper Pete fan number three says, where does Chris Jericho rank in the greatest wrestlers of all time? Thanks for the amazing content. You're the best. I mean, he's, I think character-wise... For just getting your character. He is someone who's constantly Jericho reinvented himself. Is yeah. easily one of the best ever, I think. Yeah. Like, he, he's, he's so good at Jericho. For someone who has been doing this for, you know, 30 years now, mm. 20, 30 years, always reinventing himself, always coming up with new catchphrases, and always getting those catchphrases over, Yeah, I think there's a lot of credit to be given to Jericho for that. I think sometimes he can be a bit self-indulgent on himself. I think releasing a podcast about a little bit of the bubbly was probably a step too far. Like, yeah, yeah. But I think that he is someone who really has managed to get this. A lot of people, a lot of guys in the wrestling industry have got one gimmick and have just stuck with that until that mm-hmm. day, until the day they're out. But Jericho has always looked at me like, well, I can do this for a few years, but then I'll do this next thing. Yeah. And I'll do that for a few years, then I'll do this next thing. Like the Jericho we get now is so different to the one from 10 years ago. It's one different from three years ago. Mm-hmm. Different from the one we got 15 years ago. Then we got from 20 years ago. It's like he's always got different ways of, of, like of changing himself. It's like Madonna. Or David Bowie. He is the Madonna of yeah. professional he's the, he's wrestling. He's the thin white duke of uh, <laughs> yeah. professional wrestling. 
Uh, Abnehav says, um, after watching All Out, I found an issue with the show, and I think no one is talking about it. Whenever WWE doesn't follow their own rules, everyone starts blaming them, but I found a similar situation with AEW. They, uh, this started with the Cody versus Darby Allen match. That match went to a time limit draw because it went 20 minutes. So naturally, you think that all AEW matches are 20 minutes, uh, but a lot of them have gone beyond 20 minutes, but no one's saying anything. Um, both Pac and Omega and Cody versus Darby Allen had the same slot on the card. They all have different match times announced. Yeah. They'll say this is match has got a thirty limits, thirty minutes time limit on mm. it. It's it's an AEW thing of they and it's actually not just AEW, it's across the board. If they think a match is it's bigger time, it's two big stars, then they up the amount yeah. to, to thirty minutes or whatever. It's you know it's to the discretion of them. Yeah, they de- they definitely announce that. I think it's yeah. like normally said this match will be for under a whatever time limit. Totally, yeah. yeah. Uh, Ryan Sanderson says uh, while neither of these ha- will happen. Who do you think will be the more shocking, impactful, and memorable heel turn? John Cena or Hiroshi Tanahashi? Cena probably because it's got a bigger impact, like, on the wrestling world as a whole. Oh, yeah. Cena would, like, rip up children's hearts. Uh, (laughs) Like, Tanahashi, I think, is going to be adults going, whoa. But, yeah, Cena's, like, going to destroy some kids. Yeah. Um, don't take that out of context Iraqli is back again uh, says what are the things that only make sense in the wrestling world like Irish whips reversing the figure four so it's it's painful on the other person I love all that stuff what we were saying about the uh, Angel Garza spot with the handstand with Pete Dunne it's like (laughs) that sort of reversal it's like why are you staying in the handstand yeah it's Randy Orton draping DDT put your feet down mate (laughs) step off it's fine (laughs) Um, I I like the idea of um, like uh, it's um Marty Skrull mm. doing the little spin before he locks in the chicken wing. Yeah. And then when like Piper's like, why'd you do that? And he's like, it's talk. It's momentum. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, putting extra spins in your flips doesn't yeah. make your, your slam more impactful. No, just jumping up higher would. Yeah, ideally. exactly, yeah. yeah. Uh, Michael says, um, I may be in the small minority here, but I don't think Bray Wyatt's Fiend is the uh, greatest thing in wrestling. I can see the character work is great and the gimmick as a whole looks very cool, but I just don't see it going very, very far. If WWE carry the momentum forward and put a top title on him, I just don't think it will be engaging because he will eventually lose it and they'll feel the mystique of his character will be lost. Also, did you hear Bret Hart got attacked at the Hall of Fame? <laughs> Kind of what we talked about well, earlier. That, yeah. So yeah. I, I think that's I think that's completely right. I think yeah. having him in a title picture is a bit of a waste of him because he's one of the few people who can just have feuds with people because he's the fiend. Yeah. Like he chooses to have a feud with you and you're kind of stuck in it until he decides it's done. It's a bit of a WWE thing to do. I always remember when Punk first had the heavyweight title mm. and you know, he wasn't really given a fair shake at that stick. And then Vince McMahon just decided, oh, no, I think the uh, the Jericho-Michaels feud really needs the belt, even though it really didn't need the belt at all. Like, yeah. it, it didn't need to be a, a championship feud, but Vince just took the belt off Punk to give it to them instead. Whereas, like, yeah, this guy was like, well, he's the top guy. We need to give him the top title. Yeah. Which, no, again, on just... paper, sort of makes sense, but... It, it, yeah, but look how over Becky was before she ever won the belts. Like, well, and, yeah, she was, and she was, like, sort of chasing the belts for yeah. a long time, but she wasn't really, like... It yeah. was only late that it was confirmed. She like it was only at the Rumble that she was confirmed she was going to be WrestleMania. But for months she'd been building up to the point where she'd win the Rumble. Yeah, and everyone was she was still like the big thing. She lost to the Royal Rumble as well. A lot of people forget that. Mm. Asuka tapped her out clean. Mm-hmm. There's Asuka now. Matt Noble says, "I've been thinking about this since the announcement. Was AEW putting their TV show on a Wednesday night 
a mistake. Should they have gone Friday or a Monday? Stick with me. Uh, they had to have figured that WWE were going to counter-program them. Going on a currently available night like Wednesday meant that NXT was definitely going to be that counter. Meaning stat, um, meaning uh, the war was about to come between AEW and NXT, a brand that is well-defined as the third brand in WWE trio, but arguably positioned AEW as below or equal to WWE's worst program the worst in quotation marks uh, it could instantly place a glass ceiling in the uh, fans mind if their position in wrestling hierarchy regardless of where they end up uh, would have been better to go up against raw or smackdown and focusing on the story of taking fans away from the WWE live tv over and out and out ratings war for starters i would imagine the wednesday night was a tnt choice as opposed to an eight like i don't think AEW went to tnt were like put us on wednesday nights yeah we'll take a wednesday thank you yeah the um, tnt were like we can give you wednesday i mean it's interesting that it would probably i mean the turnaround is also like yeah sure everyone's getting nxt on wednesday in the u.s everyone else is getting it 24 hours later on the wwe network as far yeah. as we know yeah so outside of the u.s AEW might be the winner because AEW, if 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 to be believed over here, it's on ITV4 and it's on other channels and available on Wednesday. That wins Wednesday yeah. globally. It's, it's one of those things, WWE's already now at, at the point where they're putting something out that people want to watch on time. Yeah. Late, again, because of TV deals in the same way they do with Raw and SmackDown on the network. So, you know... Yeah, it's it, actually, it's, it's like a two-pronged kind of like, yeah, they might win domestically. Yeah, it's, it is an interesting point, Matt. Um, I I don't think I again I don't think they would have had a choice in the matter. I think the WWE probably have more cards in their hands to be able to say to USA Network, we're going to put NXT on at this time because USA WWE does so well for USA Network that have been like absolutely yeah no yeah, totally yeah, we'll yeah, give you true. more more uh, hours on the on the network. I'm sure I'm also sure AEW probably don't care. Like they're they're <laughs> yeah. not after they're not actually I don't think after WWE's audience. They're after an older audience that are turned off by WWE. Is they're that, giving is the alternative. They're after people who don't watch WWE anyway. So. Yeah, they're creating the alternative. Uh, Christos Petrao says, Hi, Rust Talk team. I was curious to get your guys' thoughts regarding the new upcoming Nintendo Switch game called Retromania Wrestling. It's homage to one of the best wrestling games of all time, WrestleFest, a classic in every way. It's coming out in early 2020 and has so much promise and potential. It looks like it's going to be a retro legends game with arcade-style gameplay. If you haven't heard of it, I left a link to their website below. Thanks, guys. Uh, he also notes that he does not work for the... <laughs> companies like i know it sounds like a cheap plug we are aware of it and um we've actually been talking to them more on that at a later date but if you haven't heard of it it is quite cool they've got a pretty solid lineup I, it, they've done a deal with house of hardcore so we're gonna get some of those guys but tommy dreamers in the game zack saber jr's in the game the yes. blue world order in the game the road warriors are in the game um so yeah it look i mean wrestlefest is a great game mm -hmm. i think it should be a lot of fun and they just announced actually it's coming out on the xbox one so well done to them. Um, Marcel Jurich, want to give a shout out to him. Um, obviously, this, the question is slightly out of date now, but he genuinely predicted it would be Jericho versus Cody at full gear. So, well mm. done to you. And thank you to Based Captain... on wins and losses. Uh, well, exactly. And thank you to Captain Toast for your suggestion on the AEW rating score. Chris Thorne says, um, if you could have any two promotions put on a show together, like New Japan and ROH have done recently, who could you pick? I'd love for NXT to have a show with AEW, but NXT specifically, not WWE. The Undisputed Era versus the Elite would be a great match from both a storytelling perspective and filled with amazing spots. Adam Cole needs revenge on the Elite. I mean, that would be cool. Yeah. It will never happen. Yeah. But it would be cool. I'm going to go with AEW and Impact. Oh, Impact have got such a stacked roster, mate. Oh, I like that. Yeah. yeah. That's good. Sammy, Brian, 
uh, Eddie Edwards, Moose, and then you've got yeah. your women's division in there where you've got uh, Ty Valkyrie, John Grace. Yeah. So many great people. I mean, if there. deals are to be believed, we're likely to end up with uh, Impact and Ring of Honor. Yeah, so, quite a, perhaps, as a crossover. Yeah. So, and, then, much, and then maybe it ends up as a triple Impact, Ring of Honor, New Japan. Do yeah. Free. Um, funny enough, actually, uh, Don Callison and Scott Demore were on Jericho's podcast this week. Um, a, a podcast that, uncharacteristically, Jericho's not really putting himself over. What? I know. I was, I was surprised as you are. Um, but yeah, that Don, hangover from the bubbly is really <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, sticking Don, around. Don Callis did make reference to that uh, rumor of Impact buying. He was just like, yeah, it's news to me. Because uh, <laughs> apparently he goes like, said, since we bought Access, apparently we're buying everyone now. Hey, why hey. not? Uh, Jonathan says, um, hello, guys. And Emperor Pete, recently I had to go through a very mentally taxing time at work where I might lose my job. Thankfully, it's over and I'm still employed. But we'd just like to say uh, to you both, uh, like to say both your content and rest talk and screen stalker kept me sane. My question is, what's your favorite underrated pay-per-view? Underrated? Yeah. It's a good show. I don't know. Do you mean just like... It's the one that no one talks about. Right. Okay. So like I always, my instant thought is Backlash 2000, but mm. I think that is a very popular pay-per-view because it is really, really good. Um, King of the Ring 2000 actually is a really great show uh, that I don't think many people talk about. That's mm. actually a really, really solid show. Do you know what? I don't know. You don't know. I don't. I, I don't know what the people's percep- what people's perception of the pay per view is. Fully loaded. My own perception. Fully loaded. Two thousand. Another one's got uh, the Rock Benoit as the main event. Ooh. Good stuff in that. Uh, Brendan I M had that on VHS. Did you? Yes. Nice. Um, with Shane McMahon as Chris Benoit's manager. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Brendan says, hey guys, did anyone see Matt Hardy's video where he lost his belt at a steakhouse? How does he come up with this stuff? I did not see it. I did not know. No. Matt does a lot of stuff that I don't see. Yeah, he's constantly create, creating. <laughs> you know, like his brother is always constantly painting. Yes. <laughs> his brother is constantly making music. <laughs> Sean Dunn says, uh, now that the Bailey Sting gimmick is 100% confirmed to happen, do you think they'll start pushing Corbin's new gimmick, Beer Baron Corbin? Beer the Beer Bar- Baron. The Beer hmm. Baron Corbin. I think they should do Red Baron Corbin. Nice, I like and that. He could be a, a, an old-timey war pilot. <laughs> Um, where do we get to? Uh, Dave Humphrey says, with Marty Skull's ROH contract expiring in November, do you think he'll go to AEW or make a shock move and head to NXT to NXT UK to challenge Walter? Keep in mind that his fiance Diana Parazzo is in NXT. AEW. I think it'd be AEW as well. They're going to offer him money. Yeah. And he is one of the elites. Bear in mind as well that Adam Cole's um, girlfriend, Britt Baker, is in AEW. So, yeah. It can happen. They could swap. Yeah, well, it might be the easiest, might be the quickest solution. <laughs> I'm just saying, I'm just putting it out there. Iraq <laughs> um, uh, is back again to say, uh, would you rather Vince Russo become the lead writer of Raw and SmackDown or Kevin Dunn go to AEW and produces their weekly shows and pay per views? That's a proper Sophie's choice. That I'm going to go with Kevin Dunn though, because I can ignore that camera work. You cannot ignore terrible writing. Bring in Russo. <sighs> Simon Longden wants to have a feud with Vince Russo. He's desperate for it. Oh, what? You little Mark, bro. <laughs> yeah, he's so he's so into the idea. <laughs> it would be funny. He um, deleted a tweet about Jim Cornette yesterday because he was like, no, actually, you know what? He's not my guy. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, he's not my one. He's not my whale. <laughs> yeah, Russo's the one. 
Uh, Taddy Koopman says, Hey guys, a while back you were pushing for a top six for both uh, WWE brands to build your championship title picture around, like a throwback to the Attitude Era. It's more like the Ruthless Aggression Era. Um, who would be your top six for each brand right now, disregarding current storylines, injuries, and most importantly, height? Ooh. It's difficult to know because everyone's just across every brand. I don't know who's a part of what brand these days. Well, SmackDown, Kofi, KO. Andrade. We're just doing men's. Yeah, Andrade. Oh, Andrade. Uh, Alistair Black Alistair Black Gable Gable and I'd do Nakamura yeah Nakamura's a great shout yeah um, who else is on Smackdown Buddy Murphy oh terrible Buddy three week push you know what get rid, of, get, get, get rid of, of Kofi yeah. and then let's have Buddy Murphy I just said get rid of Gable and put Murphy in yeah. there yeah Daniel Bryan as well oh in there. bugger I forgot There's Bryan two, right, they actually have too many on yeah. Smackdown Absolutely. there is too many on Smackdown Raw uh, Cedric Cedric um, Seth Braun AJ I wouldn't use Braun. No? no I, I think Braun's... Like... Fiend. Fiend is in there. AJ, for sure. AJ's got to be in there. And... Corbin. Yeah, if I'm going to have Corbin, I'd take out hate, Braun. You've got to hate him. Yeah, I'd take out Braun if I'm going to put Corbin in. Um, Corbin's been doing well. I like Corbin. Yeah, I know. I, 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 yeah. Always liked Baron Corbin. Good character work, mate. Yeah. And actually, some good solid in-ring work just pushed beyond his means at times. Uh, Gigi Baxter says, do you think it's a good thing or a bad thing that Owens hasn't been on telly around the time that Steve Austin has been back? I know he's been away for family reasons, but interested if you would think it would cement him as the new Austin or expose that Austin is so good, it's hard for anyone to replate, replate, replicate his overness. I mean, it is hard for anyone to replicate Austin's overness. Uh, I think it was proven in the WWE uh, after Raw clip in which AJ's invited into the ring. Mm. And Austin's there saying to AJ... You've been like the best in this business for like 18 years. Like you are the best wrestler in the world right now. And then when AJ starts talking, everyone's going, what? And it's like, go get over <laughs> yourselves. Like I get that Austin, it's Austin and he's here and you don't get to do it when he's around very often. Mm. But shut up. AJ's trying to do a fun bit. And we're like, it's like they were slowing down the AJ's getting in the ring to have a drink with Austin and going to do the spit take stunner. Yeah. And it's like the, the crowd was slowing down the fact that that was going to happen because they couldn't get on board with playing along with the segment because AJ was going like, is this beer any good? And everyone was going, what? And it's like, <laughs> just say yes. Just, just say it's painful how over Austin is sometimes. Do you hear that, New York? And you, Kenny, I know you were there. Uh, Luke Witt says, or perhaps White, says, um, regarding the podcast intro regarding couples not watching TV together, I will watch WWE while my girlfriend will play uh, cards and then she will watch A Bachelor in Bed and I will play The Switch. Those are the only two examples from our relationship where we watch something different, but the other doesn't leave the room. Also, it's a great British baking show. Uh, damn you, Ollie, I'm now addicted. Is it... Uh, yeah. So we, Well, we were talking about on the podcast that... Um, my wife and I don't watch TV shows separately, but stay in the same room. Right. So when we are watching TV together, we're just going to watch a show that the both of us want to watch. Sure. But there are stuff like I will want to watch something, but if she is home, then I won't watch that. I'll just wait until she is not home, and then I will get to watch my 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 stories. My special pro, you must, must, yeah. <laughs> I want to see what Riley reads up to this <laughs> week. <laughs> what adventures has she got herself oh, into? It's oh, it's a dick again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I should have seen it coming. Really. Damn it. Tyler, the next Every one. week Every I get week. surprised. <laughs> um, Curse you, Riley, you amazing actress. <laughs> um, so yeah, so they, there's the, uh, the examples again. But yeah, uh, Lucas said that they, uh, him and his partner, do watch different shows, but don't leave the room together. Interesting. Hmm. 
and they're what's, sharing. What's what's your they're sharing nutrients through hand holding or something? I guess. What's your status with I, this? I mean, I would just play the Switch if someone was watching wanted to watch something that I don't want to watch. That's fine. Mm. I don't really care. Yeah, I can ignore Love Island. I did, in fact, for most of, <laughs> for most of the summer, I ignored Love Island, so it's fine. Uh, Dwayne Cooley says, I've got two questions about New Japan this week. First, when they have their special pay-per-view events, do you find all the tag matches they put on to be meaningless? I believe aside from Wrestle Kingdom, there are a bunch of uh, tags and six-man tags that don't really mean anything. I tend to skip them and go right to the main event matches. Should there be some sort of pre-show? As effectively is the pre-show. It's, mm-hmm. just, it's great to get people on the card. Um, and second, I remember when I first started watching New Japan about three years ago, and the first person I gravitated towards was Shibata. His in-ring style and presence is what drew me into New Japan. I was upset when I found out he had to retire. Which New Japan star captivated you into their promotion when you first started watching? Ooh. Tetsuya Naito. Naito, he's yeah. great. Naito was amazing. It was and so technically, awesome. it was like it was AJ, really. Because I was such a TNA mark that when AJ went over to you New Japan, watching, yeah. I, that's when I started watching stuff. And oh, I, was, I love all the AJ stuff. And it was, so I was, I was like, I want to see AJ. Mm. And that's when you then see Devitt and you're like, oh my God, there's like so many amazing people here. Yeah, I think New Japan's an interesting one because it's like, it's despite having been a TV show for a very long time, it's still not really a TV show, is it? Like it's not like it, that, that, even and access that, stuff. And that's just why, like, yeah. and that's why the card and things always has like random tag matches because that's what you do at a house show. Yeah, you just have random matches where people come out and do some wrestling, and everyone goes, "Hey, it's a warm up." <laughs> but you do, they just put that out as if that's the product. Yeah. So who was the name that um, brought you into the show? Uh, I mean, there's a lot of people I just like from New Japan. Like I like. Zach, what Zack Sabre Jr. is doing oh, over there. Yes, Osprey gets better and better and better and better. He I think, has had a, a killer 2019. Yeah. I, I just, there's, I think there's so many people who've come through Japan. I love, um, like, Akada's amazing. Yeah. Me? Just that Akada Suzuki match. Like, I've, I've gone on record before by sort of down, downplaying Akada sometimes, being like, I think he has a, there is a, an Akada match. He has the Akada match, over which and over is. Again. It's a 40-minute match, and the first 20 minutes don't really mean anything. And then you see it live, and you're like, oh, my God, this is the greatest wrestling I've ever seen. Yeah. <laughs> That's clearly the thing. It makes, it makes a room go, oh, my Lord. Yeah. I was sat there going, like, this is magic. Like, yeah. this is absolutely captivating there, there magic. There were so many good matches on that show. Oh, it, was, yeah. it was so good. Matt Field says, uh, hello, uh, Luke, Ollie, Jopper, Pete, uh, but not you, Blake Ham, you piece of crap. This is my first Patreon post. I've just become a $10 backer. I've got a little carried away, and I've told anyone that will listen. Anyway, my question is, when it comes to the draft in October, what? What type of format should they use? Should it be like American sports draft, NFL, NBA, or how they used to do it 10 years ago with the randomizer on the Tizentron or other ways? Such a pleasure to have joined. Keep up the hard work. I think a randomizer is not a great way to do it. Doing no. it like an actual draft, I think, works better. But then you've got to have authority figures. Yeah, and then you've got to have trades and oh, I just don't have a draft. Don't have don't have a roster. Just, <laughs> don't have a roster. Just, don't have a show. Just let me just, just stop. <laughs> Save us a lot of time. Yeah. Yeah, they're, I, I, they're in a bit of a bind at the moment. It'll, it'll likely end up being a randomizer because they don't have the authority figures to do the, we are mm. picking this person, we're picking this person. So how, who does decide in a kayfabe world? There, that's the thing. is like There's actually no point deciding, is there? There's no point having a draft for TV purposes anymore because both are on quite big channels. Mm. Uh, you don't really, I guess you don't really want to make it a, part of the I wouldn't want to make it a part of the show anymore be like I just like these are the rosters 
they stay the way they are. People, Deal with it. People move when they move. Yeah. And because then, then you can then you can chop and change depending on what's doing better and where you need people. You don't have to make up reasons for people to go to SmackDown. You don't have to go. It's a wild card. <laughs> it's like doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. You, they're all independent contractors at the end of the day. <laughs> yeah, quite. Uh, Nate says, "Who is the one person from outside the wrestling world you'd like to see MJF cut a promo on and roast?" I think I'd like to say Donald Trump, but he is a Hall of Famer. Um, uh, I'm not sure when you're reading this out, but it, it's my birthday on Friday. And I was wondering if I could get a Friday the 13th Happy Halloween shout out Whoa. for it. Thanks for all the consistently average content. I really enjoy both channels, and you guys always help me get through the week. Keep on jumping. Friday the 13th, one of the best days of the year. We're, we're recording this on a Friday, and it is Friday the 13th, hence this t shirt. And my you wife. was dressed seasonally. I was. I nearly wore this t shirt <laughs> yesterday, and I was like, what am I doing? Oh, mugs game. What a mugs game. Not wearing that on a Thursday, Thursday the 12th. Um, now, my wife and I are going to be watching part four tonight, Friday the 13th. Oh, it's my favorite one. Such a great film. Five star class. She's sitting there wishing she could play cards. <laughs> 100% she's sitting there wishing she could play no, she's gone into those films eventually <laughs> um, but yeah anyway happy birthday to you Nate <laughs> happy birthday <laughs> but who would you like to see MGF cut a promo on and roast from the outside the wrestling world um, Randy Farage <laughs> oh Farage that's too easy Farage mm. it's too easy like Boris too easy yeah uh, Jeremy Corbyn it's too easy like I think doing a politician is it's too easy in this day and age but yeah, Randy Addy Datsun. Ra yeah, maybe Randy. Yeah. I'm sure we could sort that out. We could probably arrange that, to be honest. Uh, Robin of Lockley says, not sure if you will know uh, the answer, but here goes. When you speak of the ratings of Raw and SmackDown, do those numbers take into account those of us that can't watch the shows live? How do they count for us that watch things off DVR, Hulu, the USA app? It makes me wonder, because if I do catch the show live, I don't always finish it live and watch the third hour with my coffee in the morning. Just wondered if it actually counts towards viewership. Thank you for the consistent, consistently. Your podcast make my light, uh, late night courier job so much easier since it feels like I'm just hanging out with the boys. So I don't believe that they do. I think they're still they're still called overnights for a reason, yes. right? And yeah, it's yeah. still just the who watched live at the time. I feel like th this is the thing. It's, it's so complex tracking who's watching what now. Yeah. Because it's where they're watching it, how they found it. Yeah. I mean, I, I get the argument of not everyone can watch it live, but back in the Attitude Era, people couldn't watch it live then... But tapes existed. You could just record things onto VCR. Yeah. It's the same people with like, I cannot believe that Netflix have created this thing. You can now skip an intro of a movie. It's like, well, that's always existed. It was called the fast forward button on a VCR. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's, it's, so it's, these things have always been there. But I'm assuming rate, like ratings is still an average, right? Yes. It's still, it's still, there's certain people who are like in the UK, it's certain people who have barbed boxes in their homes. And it's the, press the yeah. button to and Save really, the only people it really matters to are the TV networks and the advertisers. But crucially, it's the advertisers because they're the ones who are paying for, I want X amount of viewers. Yes. So TV networks, when they say like, oh, ratings don't really matter. Well, it does because for advertisers, it does matter. Mm -hmm. And you want to get your adverts and your commercials into certain shows. And if you don't, want, if you don't then get like, you promised me 2 million viewers. And I'm now not getting that. We need to renegotiate our deal. Yeah. And I'm going to take more. I'm going to, you know, I want to, I want to lower rates for the amount I'm paying. And is that, and, and because it's all averages, you don't necessarily know how big the drop off actually is of people who only watch the first two hours and watch the next hour, you know, the final yeah. hour of the day, the day after, or same as same as kind of the YouTube algorithm of like people, you get the views if people go on the page mm -hmm. where the video yeah, is, yeah. but you don't know how far they got through the video. No, exactly. And even then, the analytics, we're like. now seeing from YouTube because YouTube have just updated their backend to a horrific design. 
mm. a very counterintuitive design. It. It's, it's, very, it's very ugly. Go back. <laughs> but it's incredible to see because they show you, like, here's the video you've just posted, and here is the view count that it currently has. But here's the actual view number. Yeah. And it's much larger than the one that's displayed. Right. You're like, well, why isn't that number just there then? Yeah. Because YouTube has to go through. There are times when we've had a, a video that's got to, say, like 65,000, and it gets stuck there. And then two hours later, all of a sudden it's at 150. Yeah. That's because it always was at 150. It's just YouTube sort of got their ticket got stuck, and it didn't quite carry mm. everything over. And then you get to the point where it's like, well, is that number real either? Is that 150 actually real? Yeah, who Who, who really watched this? It's really helpful. Um, so yeah, so might not be able to answer your question fully there. But lastly, Jonathan Hedman Whoa. asked, in the intro with all the outstanding wrestlers supporting WrestleTalk, who is it that Rey Mysterio is looking at? Uh, the person who's holding the camera. Mm-hmm. So friend of the uh, friend of the show. Friend of the production. Friend of the production. So that is, we've now cleared out the mailbag Whoa. once again. Me and you, Laurie, it's the dream teammate. This is how we clear out this mailbag. No fuss, no muss. The clog bag, as we sound to call it. <laughs> we've got a wrestle get better here from um, Owen. Owen, I'm going to say it's an Irish name. Is it E O I? Uh, e O G H A N. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's like. It is Owen, I it's believe. Owen, or, yeah. yeah. Uh, he's from Tipperary in Ireland. Oh, great place. It's a uh, long way there. Yeah, <laughs> so I've heard. Yeah. Um, hi, lads. Sorry in advance if this email is too long. But if any of you guys, since the summer of 2017, can't recall the first video I watched exactly, but I vaguely remember Ollie's news on the cultaholic lads leaving what culture nearly two years ago. Since then, I've become a pod swafter, joined the New World Discorder, and even become a $10 pledge hammer. But with all the, those rambles I've listened to, there's something that's always resonated with me. The Get Betters. I love people here talk about their problems, whether physical, mental, or otherwise, and their commitment to get their own betterment. While I've enjoyed these segments, I would envy those emailing in. I've tried running, dieting, and going to the gym on a fair occasions, and I've failed every time. I haven't even exercised in quite some time until now. In the same year as I found your channel, I had my first year of uni studying mental health nursing. As with every first year, I began to put on a few pounds. However, it wasn't just me. With a mix of going out to the pubs and most nights eating takeaway food, I gained a lot of weight. With this weight gain, I began to develop depression and a form of body dysmorphia. I would wake up some mornings and hate what I saw. I'd find a t-shirt I bought only months ago and find that it doesn't fit me anymore. The worst thing is I could do nothing about it. I would go to lectures learning about how uh, to help people implement healthy routines into their lifestyles and how to help people suffering from mental health issues and I would sit there quietly miserable with myself. I never had the self-motivation to get up off my ass and do something about my health. My mental health issues started affecting my studies when I failed one of my exams, failed the repeat exam and then had to repeat the module in the next year. Back to current day, I'm thankfully in a much better place mentally, and you guys' uh, constant entertainment brought me solace in those dark times. Funny enough, you guys have helped me start my get own get better. Sort of. I was listening to the August Ramble Club when Luke, Laurie, and Pete were singing I'll Make a Man Out of You from Mulan. <laughs> a great bit of karaoke, uh, that was. A wonderful bit of karaoke. Yeah. I don't know that song very well, so I did a lot of mumbling. <laughs> and then we just Be joined in with... Man. And then we just joined with great vigor for that chorus, right? <laughs> Which I do know. Um, it happens to be my favourite song of any Disney movie. Yes. Hold on, mate. We've all heard Prince Ali, right? Nah, I, I'm a big Be A Man fan. Be I prepared. Go, I will go to bat for <laughs> Be A Man. Uh, and I honestly hadn't heard it since watching the movie as a kid. It brought back a strong sense of nostalgia, and I remember the training montage that the music was used for. Sure. 
after the Ramble Club, I listened to the song on repeat for a good while, and it somehow motivated me to actually do some exercise in my living room. I even downloaded a fitness app to keep track of my exercises and my weight loss. I got a wedding. Co- uh, I've got a wedding coming up at the end of the month, so my current goal is to lose a few pounds before then. After that, I'm aiming to lose a stone in the coming months. So, as with every get better, here are my stats. I'm 21 years old, standing at five foot eleven. Good height, mate. My current weight is 16 stone 10 and three quarters. For Ollie, that's 106.5 kilograms, and for American, it's 234 pounds. Some examples of wrestlers at this weight include Al Snow, Bo Dallas, Bob Backlund, Bret Hart, Perry Saturn, and Rick Martel. Sound like a good company, but believe me, my weight is not muscle-based. Anyway, this email has gone long enough. Thank you for all you guys and girls do, providing the most consistently consistent content every week. I'd love to see you guys at an OTT show someday. If you can afford to go to a UK show, or if I can afford to go to a UK show, I'll buy you all a pint. Oh, and it actually spells it out for me here, one idiot. Uh, Owen from Tipperary Island. There you go. What a tremendous email. Thank you yeah. so much, sir. Well, I'm for getting started as well. And that's it. That's the hardest it's bit. The, it's the hardest bit. Yeah. It's a pain in the ass. My, uh, <laughs> well, yeah. That's why I, so I built together a running playlist of yeah. songs on Spotify. Spotify. I always say Spotify. Um, in the effort of this will make me go out and run because I want to listen to these songs. And I'm always constantly adding songs to it. Mm-hmm. And it's worked to a degree. I don't want to go out for as many runs as I really should do. I think it's about finding something that gets you motivated. I think is the, I've, I've said this before, but you know, I'll always put over rock climbing mm-hmm. as a thing, but because I really enjoy it and it's like a mental puzzle and it's a game against yourself. And that's the way I like, that's the way I enjoy exercising almost tangentially to the exercising. You yeah. know, you find out that you've exercised afterwards when you hurt. And you're <laughs> yeah. like, oh, okay. I must've done something. Finding something like that, that you can do whatever it is, is the key. I think yeah. Cause, uh, like that uh, running, running in the gym doesn't work for everyone. Does it? Because it's, it is quite, boring mm-hmm. oh yeah you're just staring at yourself yeah exactly like the, the gym can be a bit of a soul crushing place mm-hmm. to go oh yeah if you're like not that way inclined yeah no so i, I created my running playlist and i added on there the chippendales rescue rangers theme mm-hmm. and my my thinking is i might just have that as like my starting theme to really get me going yeah so it's, it's a banging disney afternoon classic mm. Uh, and I think that's what will get me going. See, I think DuckTales would be a better running song. because it's, it's also got, on the playlist. It's got the beat. I can already imagine it. Yeah. Great, great song. Yeah, I got that Darkwing Ducks on there. Yeah. Um, the two big songs from the Goofy movie, Eye to Eye and Stand Out. Yeah. So, oh. Stick Be a Man on there and you're, you're away. Oh, maybe, yeah. You must be swift as a coursing river. I am. I am, I, am str- I, am. I am swift as the river. <laughs> um, right, so maybe we'll bring an end to this show. Thank you so, so much for listening. Big, big week next week, my friends. A big, big week. Not only will you be getting the Clash of Champions headlines podcast early on Monday morning. And when I say early, like 4 a.m. early. It's technically Sunday night you're getting that show. Mm-hmm. Um Yeah, that will go up after Clash of Champions. The full review will then go up on that Monday. Then it is Raw. Then it is SmackDown. And then it is the live, live NXT on the USA Network for an hour. And then the rest of us on the network. Not sure how it works after that. (laughs) We'll work it out, though. But it is a big, big week of wrestling this week. So make sure you get involved. Go tell your friends. We are very much looking forward to it. It's the biggest week for about two weeks. (laughs) <laughs> and it'll be and then the, there'll be a bigger week and then there'll be a bigger week in two weeks time when AEW starts so Yay. yeah that's when it's really gonna go nipples north and we're really gonna <laughs> work out what the F are we doing mm. 
But until then, take care. I love you. Goodbye. you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.